0: You're listening to the Private Practice Workshop Podcast, and I'm your host, John Clark, helping you get more clients, make more money, and master private practice. And in this episode, we're talking about this question of, do I really have to niche down in order to be successful in private practice? So by the end of this episode, you're gonna walk away with um, how to be just niche enough to get results, how to figure out your website conversion rate, uh, how to determine whether your niche is too narrow, and what to do if your niche is too narrow. So before we get into everything, just a couple of announcements to kick things off. So I mentioned last week that uh, the biggest announcement is we've gone back to the Private Practice Workshop brand based on numbers and uh, the response of uh, of the audience. So everything is back at privatepracticeworkshop.com, whereas the um, uh, at the personal brand at thejohnclark.com is turning into kind of a portfolio site, but all of our content, um, uh, private practice related, is back at privatepracticeworkshop.com. We're going to be bringing uh, more structure to our episodes so that you can get even more value every single time, but don't worry, there's also going to be a bit of spontaneity in there as well, because let's face it, I just can't help myself. And uh, we're going to do kind of a blend of about three soul episodes for every one guest episode. uh, And the guests will be presenting something pretty specific. Um, So that's kind of what we're looking at in terms of uh, the ratio. Episodes coming out every Wednesday as usual. Your feedback is always appreciated as usual. And with that being said, we're going to do another listener shout out. So that's another kind of segment that uh, we're going to start doing as well. We started last week and we're continuing this week. This listener shout out goes to Heidi McBain. Heidi McBain uh, on iTunes left some very kind words. She said, honestly... I wasn't sure I needed another podcast in my life, but I'm so glad a colleague recommended this one. John has a very unique approach to podcasting and shares unique information for therapists as well. I liked the original format of his podcast where he interviewed guests on interesting topics, but then he changed it up and it's even better now. In this new Uh, In his new format, he talks in-depth about what's important in life, at work, etc. And here he has truly found his voice and has created something truly special. You need this podcast in your life. Seriously, you do. Uh, Heidi Thank you so much for the extremely kind words, uh, extremely, extremely kind. I appreciate it a ton, um, and I just appreciate your support and your feedback. And I appreciate you telling friends about the show. So thank you again for that. And you're right, it did take a while to kind of find my voice in this, um, in this medium, and um, and for this show, especially among the the many podcasts that exist for therapists and private practice now. <clears throat> even since I've been doing this, um, which now this show has been live for two years, believe it or not. Um, Even since I've been doing this, yeah, a lot more um, private practice kind of um, podcasts and related stuff has popped up. So I appreciate you guys um, sticking sticking with me. Okay. With that being said, let's just get right into our episode today. So why are we talking about niche? Well, Niche has become, and and over the years that I've worked with therapists since about 2013, um, Niche has Always been a pretty kind of hot button issue, and now it's a particularly hot button issue, especially again with the rise of lots of lots more people online. You know, talking about private practice topics, or you know, starting a podcast or YouTube channel or whatever. A lot of people have an opinion about niche, and I'm one of those people. So I'm going to give you some of my opinion today, but I'm also going to back it up with why, and also back it up with um, some actual you know examples of results that uh, my clients have gotten um, when it comes to their niche. So there's, you know, I, I, am not sure like, you know, how the, the, the kind of predominant, uh, um, you know, opinion got established, I guess, as any opinion gets established, um, in a group of people, but the predominant opinion is that you need to be really narrow. You need to be really narrowly niched, um, in order to be successful in private practice. And I would say that that assumption in itself and by itself is simply not true. The reality is there's a lot, lot, lot of therapists, a lot of practices, a lot of solo and group practices that aren't narrowly niched and are absolutely crushing it. So, I just want to say that, first of all, it, nothing in life is so simple as do I need a niche or not to be successful, right? It, if this question in itself is more nuanced than we would like, we, t- we tend to try to put things into categories, right? We tend to try to put things into black and white and dichotomize it um, because that's the way our brain, brains work. Our brains are actively trying to create uh, schemas for, um, for organizing information, Right? They're trying to create basically categories. So, is this a threat or not? Right? Um, is this good or bad? Is this good or evil? Is this expensive or is it cheap? Um, our, our minds are always trying to do that. So, you have to, especially to be an effective business owner, you have to resist the urge to um, get fall into that dichotomy. And you have to really learn to look at the nuances of your question at hand. You know this is true, and you know this is true because it's something you help your therapy clients with when it comes to examining their thoughts, their anxieties, depressive thoughts, etc. Um, especially if you're at all cognitively oriented as a, as a clinician, you know this. And you have to do it for yourself. So again, there's no, there isn't a, an answer as clear as, yes, I, you know, do I need a niche or not? the real truth is well it depends (laughs) do i have to be niche do i have to have a niche to be successful in private practice it depends depends on a lot of things the truth is you just need to be niched down enough to get results okay so let me say that again because that is a really big part of um, the point that i want to teach you today you just need to be niched down enough In order to get results. Okay. So the reality is, um, and there's this idea of like, uh, this is a a Seth Godin term. Seth Godin, G-O-D-I-N is uh, like a big marketing dude. And he, I think he's the one who coined this idea of like a minimum viable audience. So basically what is the smallest audience necessary in order to create the business, you know, or drive the business? period. <laughs> what, is <the> smallest, <clears throat> what is the smallest audience necessary to drive the business, you know, or to, to drive the business to be successful and vital? Well, um, so again, in that regard, I think it's a blend of what is my minimum viable audience? How many people do I need to serve? And also <clears throat> how, yeah, so how big is that pool of people and how can I find them and how can they find me? so I think you know whether or not to niche down has to do with a number of things well number one is the niche coming you know is the niche coming naturally to you too often I see a lot of therapists who are forcing themselves into a niche because they feel like they have to or again someone in a free free facebook group told them they have to so they do and then a year from then they're really unhappy because no one's calling. And if they are calling, it's actually not the kind of clients they want to see. So they need to widen their niche. I see this very, very, very often. <clears throat> a lot of times therapists, I think, who are who are really struggling can often be too niche down. And it's not that you shouldn't have a niche or a number of niches. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. But it's that you need to just be niche down enough and uh, to get the results that you want. And ultimately you have to know how you're actually measuring your results as well. That's the other part of this equation. So you just need to be niched down enough to get results. It also depends on whether or not you're a solo or group practitioner, because let's say you're a group practitioner and you start, you start off as a solo practitioner and you do a lot of cognitive therapy for social anxiety, but then you hire someone and they also do EMDR. Well, how are you going to fit EMDR into your brand if your brand was already built around the niche of social anxiety, uh, CBT for social anxiety? So if you had chosen, you know, CBT for social anxiety as your primary niche or as your only niche, then great. you You could build that. You could be a very niche practice around that. But when you try to hire and integrate EMDR into that practice, it's not going to make much sense right? So in that case, you would actually need a brand that is a bit wider and wide enough to kind of catch more people. With that being said, I think there's generally two directions that you can niche. One is around the demographic and one is around uh, the, well, maybe three directions. One is around the demographic, one is around the approach, the clinical approach, one is around the clinical issue. So I, I see it as kind of three areas of your niche and there can be intersection of all three. So a a demographic could be teenage girls, a clinical focus could be, you know, EMDR for all sorts of issues, EMDR for anxiety, as well as trauma, as well as, you know, dissociation or whatever it is. And then the third one could be just around the clinical issues. So we're just a social anxiety clinic or an eating disorder specialty clinic. Right. So that's the thing you have to think about as well as, you know, w- within our niche, which one of those categories does it kind of fit into, or does it cover more than one of those categories? Because if you, if you have something as specific as, you know, EMDR for trauma within teenage girls, that's super, super niche. And again, on one hand, that could be a strength because you're appealing to a very specific audience. On the other hand, the challenge sometimes comes when If that's a very small part of the greater population or the greater community, then how are you going to get in touch with those exact people since it's a lot more specific? Um, Let's say you started with that niche and it wasn't producing the results you want. Well, your next step would be just to actually widen the niche enough to actually attract more people or attract that minimum viable audience to get you and or and your clinicians full. So you might remove, let's say, you know, the the part about just teenage girls and you might say teenagers, right? Or we do EMDR for trauma and teenagers, right? Or something like that. And then you could broaden it even further to we're an EMDR clinic or a trauma clinic that does different things we see you know, children, teenagers, and adults, we do EMDR and prolonged exposure, etc. So part of it is, it comes down to, you know, again, what are the results you want to produce for your practice? How fast do you want to grow? How long are you willing to wait to, you know, reach that minimum, to reach that audience that you're trying to reach, that minimum viable audience? Um, so it depends on a lot, lot, lot of factors. It also depends on the kind of market you're in, right? So let's a niche like that one, let's say with all those three characteristics that I mentioned, um, teenage girls, EMDR, and trauma, something like that could work in a place like New York City but would do very, very poorly in a place like uh, rural Ohio. I don't know why I always use Ohio as as an example, but I just do. (laughs) Um, So you have to also think about the demand. Again, if it were me, then, and I was establishing a practice in rural Ohio, I'm going to really look at the market first and figure out what is kind of my minimum viable niche, you know, or my minimum narrow niche. I don't know. I'm trying to coin my own phrase right now, like Seth Godin, it's not really working, but you know, it, it is like basically this idea of if there's minimum viable audience, well, then what is my minimum viable niche? Basically my minimum viable niche, my MVN. Okay, I'm just going to coin that and, and pretend like I I came up with that because I kind of did. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what we're looking at. <laughs> okay, I lost my train of thought here for a second, but I'm trying to stick to my outline and be compliant. I'm trying to be a good teacher right now. Okay, so, so far we've talked about, you know, do I really have to need to be successful in private practice? And we know that the answer is, it depends. We know the answer is you just need to be niche down enough to get results. Now, two more points we're going to talk about uh, um, today are how to figure out if your niche is too narrow and then how to widen your niche. Those are the next two points we're going to cover. Okay. Is your niche too narrow? This is how to determine. Well, number one, if you're in a market that's already small right so if you have a small niche in a really small market it might the keyword might again this results are going to vary it might be harder to be successful right if your market is already really small you're in a small town or smaller town it also might be too narrow if you're unhappy with your narrow niche i've seen this happen to a lot of therapists and a number of my uh, my students and fully booked um a lot of times, again, people choose a narrow niche or they go, they niche down more narrowly than they would have liked to because they just felt pressure to. And then what happens is when we expand our niche a bit, you actually start to get results, right? Again, it's also just, it's a combination of what's, what's comfortable to you, where are your clinical skills and, and gifts? Um, what is, how big is your market? And probably my most important, my most favorite what are people actually searching right what are within your community what are people actually searching for in our case online given that what we mostly talk about on the show when it comes to marketing is online so what are people searching for online you have to really hit the sweet spot of all these areas to be successful in private practice okay um that's just that's just simply the reality um I have had success doing both. I had success in San Francisco being mostly focused on CBT for anxiety related issues and a, a number of uh, a lot of focus on young professionals and tech workers. Okay? So that worked there for my small solo practice. That worked there. When I moved to Charlotte, it worked very 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 well to have a more general approach to kind of treating all common issues, anxiety, depression, trauma, relationships, LGBT issues within the community and to scale into a group practice within that brand and have a really good, strong brand that helped to differentiate us, not just having a really narrow focus that we didn't wanna have. And that would have been limiting for me when I started to hire clinicians, okay? So again, you have to be happy enough with your niche, right? And if you're unhappy with how narrow your niche is, well, then it's time to start expanding it. Um so here's how to figure out if your niche is too narrow when it comes to a digital marketing perspective. And I, I hope you're with me. If if I'm going too fast at any point, it's because I just had another cup of coffee. And that's to blame. <laughs> so if I'm going too fast in all seriousness, you can and should pause, slow down. I think you could even put my voice on half time, like 0.5 speed, which would be kind of hilarious. And my voice is already a little bit deep and like slow-ish anyway. So slowing it down <laughs> might put you to sleep at the wheel. It might be quite hypnotic. It might, um, or it might just be something nice to fall asleep to. Who knows? Um, it, so... Yeah. If you get stuck or if you get overwhelmed, cause this is a lot and it just, it also depends on where you're at with your niche. So feel free to pause, go back, rewind, etc. take a break. Um, but here's how to actually look at factually whether or not your niche is too narrow or whether or not your niche is working. Okay. You need to have at least four weeks of website data. And here's what I'm going to suggest when, when I say website data, At minimum, I want you to be tracking what's going on with your Google Analytics. And within that four weeks of website data, you should at least be tracking users and sessions. So we're getting into some nitty gritty here, just for a second. I'm not gonna take you too deep with it. But you need to be tracking at least users and sessions. To me, these are the most important metrics within your analytics that you should already be tracking. If you're not, you're going to start tracking them after today. If you don't have a place to track them or a place to monitor and use all these numbers in a nice convenient convenient way, then you can actually purchase our owner dashboard right from privatepracticeworkshop.com and it's going to show you how to track all these metrics, where to put them. It's going to compute things for you instantly and really, really help you get clarity on the metrics and the KPIs of your business. So you can always go grab that owner dashboard whenever you're ready. Um, If you're in fully booked, you already have that owner dashboard. But back to my point, you should be tracking users and sessions. Now users is the number of unique users or unique people that have come to your website in a given period. It's the number of unique people. Sessions is the number of sessions that people have done regardless of users. So you could have one user who came to your site three times in a week because they were thinking about working with you, right? So one user that did three sessions. So that's why you can't, it's not good to just track one or the other. You need to at least track both and there's a few more metrics you need to track too, but I'm not gonna go into those today. So users and sessions. Out of your number of users, how many of those reached out through your website and be, you know, to inquire into your practice that that is actually your website conversion rate. And if you didn't know that already, um, and again, this is, this is just kind of, uh, this is my way of measuring website conversion rate. There might be other ways of measuring it, et cetera, but I don't hear many therapists or many therapists practice practice experts quote unquote talking about this. Um, You should be tracking this number to to really know how well your website is working or in many cases, not working, (laughs) which is the problem that I help with. Let's say you have 100 people on your website in a week, 100 unique users, and then six of them reach out. That's That's a benchmark that I see as quite typical and actually quite solid. A website conversion rate of about six people. So out of 100 people, that came to your website over the course of let's say a week, six of them actually reached out, that would be pretty normal and actually a, a decent benchmark to be hitting. Um, so how do you know if your niche is too narrow or if your website is not working? So it could be either. We don't know exactly the, the causation here, but I would say if you've tracked that for at least four weeks, so your users divided by the number of inquiries, um, which again, you can track on the owner dashboard. Um, then, and if your website conversion rate is less than 4% for at least four weeks consecutively, then you might consider a number of things. You might consider number one, is my niche too narrow or not narrow enough? Is my branding off? Does my copy suck? Am I missing buttons? You know, is my website just a mess, etc. cetera. And from here, what's really, really important guys is that you only change one variable at a time. So let's say you get that data for four weeks and you decide I'm going to make some change or I'm going to start by widening my niche. Okay, then widen your niche, but don't do more than that, right? Because otherwise, if you do more than that and you change buttons and, you know, um, tons of different things and the colors and the logo and all this stuff, you're not really going to know what's causing a result or what's getting in the way of a result, right? So you you have to you have to isolate a variable in order to be certain that the the move that you're making is actually moving you in the right direction a lot of times again therapists just kind of behave randomly and do random stuff and when they when they do that they they don't know what's producing the desired result it's a real problem all right okay so let's say you've decided that your niche is too narrow and you're going to widen your niche. Here are my steps for how to widen your niche. And this is These are our last kind of points of the day. I hope you're enjoying this. I'm really enjoying this. Last week, like I mentioned, you know, it took me a minute to kind of get into the swing of things again after not podcasting for like seven or eight weeks. It's a long time. And um, it takes a bit to kind of kick into gear again you know and and do this but now that i'm doing it i'm really glad and i'm hoping you guys are maybe you're smiling right now (laughs) driving down the road smiling maybe you're glad i'm back too who knows hopefully hopefully so or if you're new to this show welcome and this is how silly i can be sometimes but also helpful silly and helpful Uh, that's what we're going for here so how to and dry very dry how to widen your niche. If you decide that you want to widen your niche, the first thing that you would do is expand the, the homepage of your website to be more universal. Now, here's what I mean by that. The homepage of your website, the way that I see it, it's the top of your funnel quote unquote. And don't freak out when I say the word funnel, a funnel is just the start of a sales process. And in our case, let's say some, let's just say for the sake of this argument, someone lands on your homepage, then that's the top of your funnel from the very top of the funnel. You want to appeal to enough people to move them to the next part of your funnel and eventually get conversions from your website. So again, and we actually, um, we actually just worked through this with, um, with, with one of my fully booked students and I bet you're listening. And if so, this is you, (laughs) but she had, um, we, we found recently her niche was too narrow. I had a feeling it was when she started fully booked, but we had to study, you know, the, the metrics a bit before we made changes. But the niche was something to the effect of, you know, um, kind of holistic counseling for introverted deep thinkers slash creatives, I think, something like that, right? So pretty, pretty, pretty specific, right? Very, very, very specific actually. And so for her market, I thought this, it might be too narrow for her market. So what she did is she went from that niche that was too narrow and she broadened uh, her, her niche to basically focus on, um, well, a couple things to, to focus on, you know, helping people find change that lasts and helping people, um, really find therapy that's going to work and helping people deal with the ambivalence of therapy. So at the beginning at the top of her website, actually, you know, you're gonna you would see her tagline, and she really changed everything, um, broaden everything up to change that lasts. Her tagline is now change that lasts and don't steal that that would be copyright infringement. Um, and she has this nice picture of a young girl that's really colorful. It's very outcomes oriented. And then the sub tagline is mental health counseling with real results. The next, and then she her hook at the beginning of the copy is I help create transformation that lasts. And then she goes into asking for help is difficult, etc. So you see, you know, kind of the the transformation that she went through there is not just like you know starting really really narrow. But but starting more broad, starting with something that's going to appeal to more people, and then what you'll see is if you went to her site and you went to the more narrow, you'll find yourself in the more narrow parts of the site when you when she starts to say like, are you a creative and or artistic person, right? Are you more introverted? Do you have people called you too sensitive, etc. Hey, here's more about my approach that is considered holistic, right? So it's a really nice example of a funnel again that starts more. more wide and then goes a bit uh, more narrow as 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 you go along. To me, that's the way to do it. That's generally the way to do it when it comes to your website overall. Now, if you're sending people, let's say from like from a paid ad directly to a, a, a landing page, like a specialty landing page or something, and someone's searching for EMDR, then you then you should go ahead and show them an EMDR page, right? Take them right to that point in your funnel, so to speak. Right. So if this therapist, you know, has, does EMDR rather than saying the whole, you know, at the top of her funnel, talking about EMDR, you have EMDR as a place you can end up on the site. But the starting point is again, more wide to get more people into her funnel, if that makes sense. So how to, again, how to widen your niche so you can expand the homepage, which is the top of your funnel to be more universal. That can include altering things like tagline, images, and copy, again, all of which she did in this case, expanding all those to be a bit more universal. And you might be thinking like, okay, well, how am I going to do that if I'm a group practice who does anxiety and depression and eating disorders and prolonged exposure and whatever? Well, you can do that by finding a universal thread in all of those, right? What's something that people want? They want change that lasts, they want transformation, they want a better life, Um, they want to feel better, they want to feel calm again, they want to feel hopeful, they want to feel connected. There's a million of these universal threads that, that, that you can find to start as your main tagline and start at the top of your funnel. You just have to dig a little bit for it and you have to realize that usually the simpler the better right? Change that lasts. That was this therapist. Change that lasts. Super good. And then you send people to the more narrow parts of your website again. So if you're a group practice, you're going to have most likely different clinicians with different specialties and you want those specialties to be able to live comfortably and logically within the same brand. So that's really how you do it. The last step is you, well, you study your KPIs again, you study your key performance indicators again, or again, your, your metrics that you can monitor through the owner dashboard that you can get at PrivatePracticeWorkshop.com. So again, once you've done that, or going back to this therapist, um example, one of my students, you you start by monitoring your metrics for at least four weeks, right? You make a change, and then you monitor your metrics again for at least four weeks. That's really the flow. That's how you get a little bit scientific about this stuff. So that what you're, you know that what you're doing is actually taking you in the right direction, right? Does that make sense? So again, it's a basically a pre and post test. So we measure something and then we alter something, one thing, and then we, we, we measure it again, right? Very, very simple pre and post tests. If you guys remember back to the days of graduate and undergraduate, um that's that's really how you need to approach uh, your marketing and really anything in your business for that matter. So um, I hope this was helpful guys. and time has flown. We've been at it almost uh, a little over 30 minutes. And in this episode, we have covered, um, well, at the beginning, I told you you're going to walk away with, How to be just niche enough, which we talked about. Um, You just need to be niche enough to get results. How to figure out your website conversion rate, which I told you, right? It's the number of users divided by the number of inquiries from your website. Shooting for a benchmark of around 6% or more. How to determine if your niche is too narrow and what to do if your niche is too narrow. So i walked you through all of that. Man, we covered a lot of ground in a pretty short period of time. So I'm I'm quite pleased with that. Hopefully you are as well. And again, this is a lot to take in. So I've said this before, but your ability to be successful has everything to do with your ability to mitigate information coming in and to implement. So you can't take in more information than you can implement, even if that means, you know, skipping a week of reading a business book that you're reading or listening to even this podcast. So what you do is like, you know, if today all you, you know, what you're taking from it is, I want to know if my niche is working. So your action step might just be get the owner dashboard and start monitoring your metrics, right? It might be, um, it it really might be that simple. You know, that might be your takeaway from today. And then four weeks from now, you're still going to be looking at, you know, again, what that website, um, Uh, what that website data is really telling you and you can start to make decisions and execute from there. But again, you have to mitigate your learning. No one's going to do that for you the same way as in, you know, when you were in school, you can't just go and open the book and read the entire social psychology textbook in one sitting and hope that you retain it all. Or hope that you can be, you know, start doing social psych research. You just can't. You're not going to know it all. That's not how knowledge happens. That's not how skills happen. You need to build it incrementally and over time. And you can't read the whole textbook at once, or it's just not going to stick. And you're going to leave yourself feeling really overwhelmed. And that's not that's not what we want here. So. Um, Guys, I hope this was helpful. As always, you know where to find me at privatepracticeworkshop.com. I always like hearing from you guys, having your feedback. If I can help you with any of this, if I can help you get more clients, if I can help you make more money, if I can help you master your private practice, just head to privatepracticeworkshop.com. Otherwise, um, if you're just listening along and not quite ready to reach out for help yet, then what I need you to do is to subscribe to this show leave a review for us on itunes and tell like two or three or four or five therapist friends about this show right now just send them your favorite episode um if you're on the itunes app you can just click like share episode and then copy the link and then paste it into a text to like a bunch of your friends that's all i need from you today so Um, I hope this was helpful, you guys. I appreciate you being here again. Episodes every Wednesday. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday um, by subscribing to our show. And again, you can head to privatepracticeworkshop.com if you want to learn more about how we can help. Um, Again, privatepracticeworkshop.com. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Take care of yourselves. I'm out there doing great work in the world, helping lots of people. And I look forward to seeing you very soon. Cheers.